With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Rob Vanstone. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rider Rumblings video podcast. We haven't done one for a while. Actually, this is the first one of 2022. So happy new year. Happy February. Uh, I am here with uh, our venerable football writer, Murray McCormick, and uh, his various uh, forms of Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers paraphernalia. <laughs> yeah. There's a Terry Bradshaw jersey in the back. I don't see any Cliff Stout jerseys or Mark Malone jerseys anywhere, but no, I do have a, I think I have a Bubby Brister thing or action figure somewhere. I had a Denver Broncos Bubby Brister jersey. Somebody got it for me once as a gag. So <laughs> it was a um, bit of a gag. Um, <laughs> well, we've got a little bit to talk about and uh, some of this may be rendered old news pretty quickly if there's, if there's signings coming up during the free agent or uh, not signings necessarily, but if there are some marriages of players and teams that come up yeah. during the during the free agent period we're going to try and preview it recognizing that things are aren't necessarily static in the free agent world but uh Murray, you're doing a big story for wednesday's paper on uh just previewing the free agency period what do you expect what do you think uh, if you could look into your crystal ball and 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 shift your gaze away from the bubby brister jersey <laughs> and uh kind of project what we be what we'll be talking about a week from now when free agency goes crazy uh, on day one well, what do you think are the most likely outcomes of some of the situations that are most pertinent to the rough riders first off it may not be in wednesday's paper it'll probably be, let's just say it'll be later this week how's that for that well, thursday's paper thursday's paper we'll get around to it because we have a bit of time i think we're going to see Good size money go to non-quarterback positions, which will be a real change. I think teams are recognizing that Kenny Lawler and these receivers and Duke Williams are pretty good guys to spend some money on and they maybe to start rewarding them. Because remember that I think it was 19 when all the quarterback money was spent. Yeah, and that was like it was 700 thousand dollars was the ceiling, and we're we're seeing yeah. that shift. So there is a market correction taking place, and. and I, uh, not in and, the not to the benefit of quarterbacks. No, I think it's gonna the other players like offensive linemen and stuff. And I think if guys are holding out, I think you know, and that's gonna be signed now. And it's interesting because and it's always a frustrating part, and you know as well, we don't hear the figures in the salaries, even though the salary cap is out there. You always kind of wonder why don't they tell the salaries, give you a better idea. Maybe it's an embarrassment level, some of them, because they don't make as much money as you think, and others make more than you do. But I do see a correction coming, and I kind of hope. I think the players deserve a little more money this year. I think they they bit the bullet last year on a prorated salary over 14, 14 games. And I think they deserve a little bit of money back. And I think they're all expecting it. And I think they're hoping that free agency produces that. But Unlike I mean, it's, that. you know, what comes, what goes in one player's pocket 
comes out of another player's pocket with yeah. a cap. I mean, the overall remuneration will, will be what it's going to be. The, the interesting thing here, though, is that the CBA is up in the in the fall, in the spring, pardon me. Isn't and, it always uh, up in the spring? Just yeah, just it, so it's, once again, we've got another free agency period and the, and the, and the teams don't know exactly what the cap is going to be. This is absurd. Um, the other thing is last year, teams did not spend to the cap. Right. What What is the directive for this year? Do we and know why would they spend to the cap this year, Rob? Like, what has changed other than they played a season of a shortened season? And other than the Riders and the Bombers, you've not heard anything good about financials on any of the teams. And even the Riders, and good is a sort of subjective term, but they don't think they're going to lose as much. Well, I think you spend to the cap if you're the Saskatchewan Rough Riders because you've got a great cup in Regina this year. And if you are not spending every cent that you can spend, uh, Considering what Brendan Tamman did in 2013 yeah. uh, and going just marginally over about $17,000, big deal, um, then are you doing your fans a disservice? If you're spending three or four or $500,000 under the cap with a Grey Cup here, with a new stadium here, first Grey Cup in a new stadium, uh, with a team that's finished first, that's had you know home, three straight home playoff games. The one thing they haven't done is get to the Grey Cup. And now you've got that opportunity in the Grey Cups at home and you can do what the Los Angeles Rams are doing this year. <laughs> if you don't spend every cent you can spend, you are doing your fans a disservice. Now, how will that fly with the other teams? Um, but uh, if you're Jeremy O'Day, you, you better spend what, you, what you're available to spend because if... if uh, if you win a great cup here, you'll make that back in 10 seconds in uh, in merchandise. That's true, but also you still have to look. And it happens if you spend all that money and don't get to the great cup, because that's not guaranteed. You better try. You, you better, better try. try. If you spend all that money and don't get to the great cup, at least you at least you tried. But if <laughs> let's let's say you spend three or four hundred thousand dollars less in the cap and you don't get there, and you're wondering, well, I had some bullets in the chamber that I didn't fire. Maybe I should have done that. Um, honestly, Jeremy O'Dell will be under major heat if they don't do pull out every stop available at, at, at every stop at their disposal to get there. There's no justification for spending, spending less than less than the cap. Okay. But what about just throwing this other, what about the future though? Like, do you blow your budget for 24? Do you blow? Well, you're your not blowing the budget. You're, you're allowed to spend it. Yeah, and so what's yeah. the point of negotiating a salary cap with the players? If you're not going to spend that money on the players. That's that's my grievance, and that was my grievance last year. And I'm surprised the players' association didn't make make a better, bigger deal out of it because <laughs> the the teams are coming out and saying we're not paying the players everything that we can pay the pay the players, and they've taken enough hits as it is over the last two years. And now you're spending not necessarily to the floor, but probably closer to the floor than the ceiling. And uh, and uh, I don't know. They're you your think product. they have all sorts of money now, Rob? Do you think there's a, a bottomless pit of money in the CFL? Or do you think they're dealing with big-time debt and hangover, leftover? Because they still got to account for money that was spent in 2020 that didn't yeah, come. you got to put a product on the field. And you've got a TSN contract that pretty much handles the salary underwrites yeah. most of your player payroll. So um, if you're, you're going to cut corners, you don't cut corners with your players. You cut corners with, with let's, let's not, maybe our CEO doesn't make, need to make quite as much. There's some low-hanging fruit there that can be trimmed. Uh, coaches' salaries. In what other league do coaches make more money than most of the players? It's it's the inverse if you're looking at the National Hockey League, if you're looking at the National Football League, the NBA. But here, if you're looking at a coach making 300-plus, a GM making 300-plus, unless you're a quarterback, you're not making 300-plus. So the coaches and GMs are making more money than 90%, 95% of the players in the league. And so if you're talking guaranteed. about if you're talking about a, if you're talking and it's guaranteed. So if you're talking about a market correction, that's where you correct the market. If you're looking to if you're looking to trim some fat, don't trim the don't trim the fat from the players who are putting their 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 livelihood on the line every time they go out there in a very violent sport. You you trim the fat by by uh, maybe maybe not paying your CEO as much, maybe not paying your vice president of whatever as much, and turn that money over to the players. Well, ideally, the that show. it works, and realistically, it doesn't work that way, I don't think. But that's a good way, and I hope they listen to you. Maybe that would be their way. I think the way the free agent is going to work, I'm, I'm interested to see how much money they actually spend. Like, you've, you've heard the rumors of Kenny Lawler from Winnipeg, 250 grand, the second highest paid, non, the highest paid non-quarterback in the league. Do you think he's worth that one season? 
Well, if Lucky Whitehead on the basis of one really good season is worth 200, then I you can probably justify. I, I, honestly, again, this is a bit of the, the market being skewed, but it, it, you don't even blink if you see a Canadian offensive lineman making over, you know, making in the high 100s or low 200s. Yeah. And uh, so why not pay someone who can actually score a touchdown that kind of money? <laughs> I realize we're talking about the ratio, but Kenny Lawler is the kind of player that people will, will show up and watch. He's exciting. But nobody's going to pay that kind of money thinking, oh, gee, I'm wondering if the left guard will will uh, <laughs> will get to the second level and eliminate the linebacker so that, you know, I mean, um, they're the yeah, show. None of that happens if you don't have, and we found out last year, that doesn't happen if you don't have a great offensive line either. Yeah, but if you so, don't, you know, if you have a salary cap and you're not spending at least close to it, what's the point of negotiating that figure? And now, now there's a prospect of a full season. So, um, they're, they're, you know, we're talking about the, uh, the uh, era where there is single game betting and presumably there's yeah. some revenues to be derived from that. But by all means, spend what you can on the players, not just here, but everywhere. They've taken enough hits. I, I do. And I think the players deserve more. I think they really do. And, and it's maybe that's why we're seeing the, what, the way the rider direction is going with re-signings and re-signing key players from last year. And maybe they're most, getting rewarded. Most of them. What about Lucius Purifoy? What about Duke Williams? But there's also uh, a two-way street route. You, they may not want to come back. There's also that too. It's, we yeah. always kind of think they want to come back and be riders because they say all the right things. But they may say, look, I got a one-year deal and 10 to 15 grand is a pretty significant bump for that in their minds. Mind you, if you live in Vancouver, moving from Regina, it's a significant bump that's gone in, in living yeah, wages. Probably living in Toronto with that or Montreal. Cost of living and that kind of stuff. But it is a two-way street. Like Duke Williams and Lucius Purifoy. And who's the other one I was thinking of? Who's the other? Micah Johnson. They've got to test. They're obviously, I think they're going to test the market now. Well, they bought, you know, they're in the it's window period. So why wouldn't they? And they'll see what's out there. And they may want to go there. So it's not. It's a two-way street. The players are alive, perfectly allowed to look and see what's out there. And maybe that's the whole thing. Now, having said that, of those three, Rob, who do they got to sign? Who, who would you say of Lucas, Lucius, Micah, or Duke Williams? Who's their must signing? I would think it'd be Duke Williams. Yeah. I mean, they've they when you look at the the catalytic effect he had on the passing game when he when he showed up, it's not like they turned into an aerial circus overnight. But there was virtually nothing going on before they got Duke Williams. Um, you know, Micah Johnson is 34 years old this year, so you have to consider maybe maybe there's a decline, but he played better at age 33 than he did at age 31 for the Rough Riders. He didn't have he that won. high ankle sprain too. You know, Lucia Purifoy is a tremendous player. Um, yeah. uh, I, I'm not sure what the market will, will be for him, but you know, defensive backs seem to be a little more replaceable than a, than a anchor of a defensive line or, or a go-to, you know, a number one wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I... And you got to remember what the, what the pre, where the precedent was or how the precedent was set in 2013. And Brendan Tamman made all those numbers work. And there wasn't a player they wanted that got away. Yeah. So now they That's had the luxury then of, of the multi-year contracts, being able to sign players in 2012 and know that they're under contract for 2013. The foundation was set when they signed Brendan Labatt and Dominic Picard in 2012. Exactly, they yeah. brought in Corey Sheets. They brought in Taj Smith. They drafted Ben Heenan. They did, made a lot of moves in 2012 that paid off handsomely in 2013. And they were also able to defer some of the money into 2014. So whereas one-year contracts weren't even permissible in 2013, now they're in vogue. So it's a bit of a different dynamic. But Brendan Tamman did an amazing job making the numbers work in 2013. And now it's incumbent upon Jeremy O'Day, who basically was mentored by Brendan Tamman as a general manager, to take what he saw in 2013 and apply it in the current context. I remember back then, too, that Brendan Tamman never got a chance to really adjust those salaries because he got fired in 15 when he thought he had an opportunity when he paid these salaries that he'd get it all back in 15 and then he got fired. So that kind yeah. of... Yeah, you know, I mean, there, there were some players who earned a lot more in 2014 than in, than in 2013. John yeah. Chick, I, I presume one of them. I think, I think Chris Getzlaff was over $200,000 in, uh, in in 2014, whereas he played for a lot less in, in, in 2013, et cetera. There were some contractual contortions performed by Brendan, Brendan Tam and that it's... I'm not sure Jeremy O'Day can even do. How can you do that with one-year contracts? Lots and of people can't. Like, you got to entice them into signing a two-year contract, and then you've got to backload the contract, and then you've got to basically convince them that they're just not going to cut cut you after one year. 
And uh, look at I mean, look at Weston Dressler in 2015. He signs a four-year contract and they dump him after one year. Mm-hmm. So I mean, where what what incentive is there for a player to sign in good faith for more than one year when they're, when you're just eminently expendable after it's 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 a it's a year by year business. That's the sport. That's the sport. Though at football is one year contracts. You know, yeah, unless you're a coach or a GM. Yeah, and there's the inherent unfairness of the entire equation. Yeah. What do you think yesterday with the big news with Cody restructuring his contract? You and I were both kind of chatting back and forth on emails about. It, does he take a pay cut or is he just take a sort of like a restructure? He's taking more of a bonus, which is less yeah. taxable. You know, that's what he did it, before because he restructured his contract before and did similar things. We restructured it by takes more of it, less taxes, and they kind of look. And so, and you have to remember, taxes are a big thing. Yeah. So I mean, does he does is what is the net uh, net gain or loss here? That's that's the question. Yeah. Um, now, it's, what's, what's really admirable though is that Cody Fajardo has now signed four different contracts with the Rough Riders. Yeah. And he's played two seasons. <laughs> I mean, he signed on February 14th, uh, 2019, the first contract. October of uh, October of uh, 2019, he signed the extent, extension. January of last year, uh, the contract extension. was redone. And now, uh, late January one. of this year, the contract is redone. So, I mean, he's, his uh, malleability is, is, uh, is admirable. Uh, the thing that has me scratched in my head is why wasn't another year stuck onto it? That's what makes me wonder that if it's more of a restructuring tax tax thing than it is an actual pay cut. Because people jumped on the immediate word of pay cut, and I was uncomfortable doing that because we don't know for sure. Yeah, and we don't. Um, we don't why wasn't another year added? Well, again, it goes back to what we were talking about before. Where's the incentive for a player to sign for more than one year? Yeah. And I, I, he I'll bet did you, already. You know, I mean, he's done, he's done that already, but... Yeah. Maybe if you're Cody Fajardo, you're betting on yourself. You did, if you're Cody Fajardo, you're looking. You said McLeod Bethel Thompson signed for basically four hundred thousand dollars. This yeah. is McLeod Bethel Bethel Thompson. So um, if you're Cody Fajardo, you're betting on yourself, and you're thinking, if I have a big year, then I can get back into into a higher yeah. uh, higher strategy or higher salary echelon. And even if I don't have a big year, the probably the worst you can do is make the four hundred thousand dollars that McLeod Bethel Thompson's making. So I, I, my suspicion here is that Cody is betting on himself. But I also, also think, like Brett Lather mentioned it yesterday and we talked about he took a bit of a pay cut. He said he took a bit of a shape. So maybe that money can be used on getting other players to try to win right now. Now, how are you guaranteed that's going to happen? Which is a very altruistic thing to do of, of, of Brett. But how do you know they're actually going to use that money to spend on another player? You don't. You're and, trusting. and again, if you're asking these players to, to, to cut salaries... I think the the obligation of the players then is to is to spend the money you can spend as opposed to pocketing it, mm-hmm. and and that's again it goes back to my earlier comment on on this very tangential Tuesday, um, <laughs> of uh, spend to the cap. Otherwise, why you know you're asking players to 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 take a to take a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a haircut. I think implicit in that in that uh, is the uh, I think the very fair assumption that they will spend that money to improve the team elsewhere. So don't sit on any of that money. Spend it. Yeah. But pay cuts and things have been part of CFL for you and I as long as we can remember. We all have these horror stories of a veteran coming in and saying, thanks a lot for your great season. We're only going to pay you this much instead of what you made last year. And it's either take it or leave it. Yeah. So the CFL is kind of heartless in that way when it comes to salaries. And but you know, in, sh- fairness, in fairness, the teams, they're doing what the collective bargaining agreement allows them to do. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a situation where the where the CFL Players Association has got to assume <laughs> some of the burden here too, and uh, some of the responsibility, and, I try, and, I and really make a stand for a, <laughs> a, a, a an environment for the players that is more equitable. Yeah, they and, try. Uh, how far you know, how far ahead do you think they get? Well, they never uh, it's, it's it's proven to be a pretty ineffectual u- union because I think that the management, the the teams know that eventually these players. There, they, they don't. There isn't the unity there that other unions would seem to have. I don't think they have the prospect of that much solidarity. The, these players don't have the kind of kind of uh, reserves built up that would allow them to withstand a, a, a brief work stoppage, let alone one that is protracted. So I think the league knows that, and uh, and the, there's only there's only a certain extent to which the CFLPA can dig in its heels before it's, it's caving. It's also a different. It's a different membership than a, say, a NHL Players Association or MLB Players Association because you've got very disparate 
uh, backgrounds. You got a lot of players who are American, and I'm sure their aspiration in college is not to eventually become a member of the CFL Players Association. <laughs> they want to use this as a way station and hopefully get back to the NF- NFL or get to the NFL. So they don't have any they don't have any acquired loyalty to the Canadian Football League and, and by extension the Players Association. So you're not going to get a lot of the American players, I think, uh, singing "We Shall Not Be Moved" in a in a union. In a, in a uh, labor. How many American players are actually on the CFLPA? I know Solomon Aluminium is the. Aluminium. Aluminium is the president. Aluminium. Yes, he is the president of the CFLPA. And I think Keon Raymond was more involved. Yeah. Uh, so we're seeing well, that. It used, to be, it used to be a union basically headed by Canadian offensive linemen. Yeah. And we're seeing a bit of a shift away from that. I hope you're, are you, maybe people are wondering, are you petting candy while you're... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just looking and seeing my short... This is candy. Because I'm watching you wiggle and shiggle. It looks like you... Oh, that's a nice shot. Isn't she adorable? Yes. She's the sweetest dog. So that's what. Uh, that's why my uh, left arm is... <laughs> yeah, I just want to... I haven't developed this tick. I just have a very cute, needy dog. How about that's a good time to take a bit of a break, Rob? What do you think? Yes, let's do that. And I'll, I'll tell candy how beautiful she is. And then we'll resume uh, my ranting and might even talk about something other <laughs> than me ranting we'll be back in a second been pretty heavy i need i need a i need a drink of water <laughs> okay mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore need it fast most items can ship overnight plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And we are back. So so we were both back. We're back with the Ryder Rantings, Rumblings. I really, I don't know what. You put in a sour sour mood. Man, I just, sorry. Kind of, been, um, yeah, you've kind of been a lot of thinking going on while you're laying in bed, petting candy, thinking of all these opinions and stuff. But I don't know. I mean, I've, I've had all these pent up little, little opinions that we haven't had a chance to really promulgate for a while, given the <laughs> hiatus that uh, Ryder Rumblings has been on. We haven't done one since the week after the Grey Cup. So um, it's, it's hard to believe it's February too. Holy smokes. goodness! Uh, January is awful. I'm yeah. so glad January's over with. Um, out like a lion to steal one from March, but holy smokes, last night was kind of wild. That was unbelievable. How do how do the riders look going into free agency, Murray? I, I think they're they, 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 they're, they're they've good generally shape. done a good job of re-signing players. There's always going to be a few that they haven't signed, and it's not to suggest that the ones that are unsigned will remain so. And from a rough rider perspective, but overall, they've I think they've done a pretty solid job of of signing up or getting a lot of the key pieces in place we look at ac leonard has been resigned mike adam has been resigned yeah. I just, for, I had two years. for two years louder for two, two years for two years or, uh, or jamal morrow i think jamal morrow may turn out to be one of those kind of below the radar signs you know we saw he did so well it gives him an option to say william powell doesn't come back and william powell i like the idea of bringing him back i think he's a better i think he's, he's still got some life left in those legs. you forget he started his CFL career kind of late, and he's had an injury. He didn't have his best. He wasn't, I don't know if he was the best running back in the league last year. He was one of the best receiving backs in the league last year, I think. And he blocks well. So bring him back. And you can maybe get him back. He keeps some continuity. On uh, defense, you know, they're still going to probably have two of the best, two among the best defensive ends in Woodard and uh, in Leonard. Uh, Micah Tights is back. Another great signing. Nick Marshall's back. Uh I'm trying to think of them off the top of my head. Robert. Deion Lacey is another one that has, is, is as yet unsigned, and that's and a pretty you, important piece. We can, we can throw all those four Achilles injuries guys into the free agent, so-called free agent pile, because yeah. Larry, oh, Larry Dean, Bishop, yeah, Larry Dean, Fred, Freddie Bishop the third, Nelson Lacombo, and uh, the running back Jonathan Sammy Cole. They didn't get to use them, so they're yeah. they're they're free agents and stuff. But they could be guys that come back. I think we forget about Larry Dean and how good he was. As a middle linebacker, and if they get him back, they can probably let Dion Lacey go. But same token, but Larry Dean's 34 this year, coming off Achilles. That's a pretty big ask. But if Larry Dean goes, they have Dion Lacey, which is great. So you know, and then the way to look on maybe at the 
they, they really they could use a sand linebacker. I think J.D. Byrne uh, played well and is on the Olympic bobsled team, which is kind of saying something about his athleticism. I don't know if you just push as hard as you can, you go for a ride down the hill. But it's gravity takes its course. Lean left, lean right. Yeah, but good for, for good for him. That's an amazing accomplishment for a guy to do that. For he managed to juggle those two sports and be good enough to go to the Olympics on the Canada's third sled. But I forgot where I was going. Oh yeah, they kind of need a Sam, I think. And man, I don't know if you don't get Duke Williams. Let's go back for Derek Moncrief. Derek Moncrief was Edmonton's best player last year on a horrible team and did some great things. Why not bring him back? He was arguably in 19, he was the best defensive player. Does so many things so well. He's got a, a bit of a connection to here to Regina too. His girlfriend's from Regina. So maybe he'd be willing to come back, maybe give him a little hometown discount a little bit for that. So what about, I don't know, that's a thought I have. Ed Ganey's also unsigned, Ed right? Ganey, that's a hard one to decide. Cause you keep thinking Ed Ganey keeps getting older and you keep thinking, He's not playing as well as he did last year. And then you watch in this season, you go, hey, he still plays pretty well. He's oh, still- Ed Ganey, I thought Ed Ganey had a pretty good year last year. Yeah, I know. And he's so impactful. And I know it's not measured on the field, in the in the locker room. And we're not aware of that because the last year everything was Zoom. But he really is a leader on the team. Guys look up to him. And why not bring him back? Absolutely a good, solid guy who's getting older. Like 30-somethings to do this. I, I keep- two this year. 32. I keep scratching my head over the backup quarterback. Is that what happened? Never mind. There's a one-liner there. Sorry. I, I won't pop. I, won't pop. <laughs> uh, I keep wondering what's going to happen with the backup quarterback, which is always one of those interesting questions that, boy, they must be set if they're talking about the backup quarterback. But they, it, I would say they've given up. They've moved on to Isaac Harker. I think the indication we saw last year with what happened with Mason Fine taking over him towards the end of the season, playing that game, Kind of means, despite, despite everything that Isaac Harga does and what a great person he is, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not there. So who do they replace him with? He can maybe go a little cheaper. I kind of like this Matthew Schiltz guy from Montreal. I think he's a has the experience. He's not as experienced as, like, I'm, I'm and I'm writing off the guys like Trevor Harris, Jeremiah Mazzoli, because I don't think the Riders are ever going to go after them. They can't afford to go after them. No, they're going to, they can start somewhere. They're going to start somewhere. So you bring a guy who's going to be in, to back up and maybe do some good things. Now, you, maybe Matthew is, I don't know. He, that's just my thoughts, folks. It's nothing. Well, Schultz would seem to be sort of a good kind of mid-tier backup. He's not going to really pose a severe threat to your starter, but he's he's a good fallback, as, as he showed in Montreal last year. James, if, if, signed, I'm trying to remember. I know I was keep leading on you for this stuff. James Franklin, was that 19 signing? Was that an 18 signing? He, he was a 19 uh, and 20 signing. Yeah, so he was signed as to be a backup. The it contracts the games played ratio is infinity for James <laughs> Franklin. True, yeah. But he was willing to play that role, which is a good role, I think, for him. And, and it's a good, I see Schultz doing that same thing. So maybe that's, that's the kind of profile I think we're looking at there. Yeah. Ideally. We throw the thing out to and people are going to, some people said to me, I was at safe, what about Andrew Harris? There's a guy who's a free agent. He's 35. He's done great things. He had great playoff run, <laughs> that's for sure. But great playoff game. But I, I don't think the Riders are going to spend their money on that kind of thing. So that's what, I don't think they're going to look for the top tier free agents. It'll be kind of more like, almost like they look for the NFL guys who are, who are not your big, the kind of second guys, the third guys on the depth chart. They get that kind of thing. Maybe look for money that gives them some bang for their buck. And they still have, you know, 40 odd guys under contract. You know, there's still a whole bunch of guys under contract who can contribute, like the Onika brothers who can do that. The Herdman Reed brothers who really, what have we seen from them on special teams? Uh, Charbel DeBeer. Charbel DeBeer. DeBeer, sorry. Great defensive tackle. You know, with Mac, Mac Henry's still in there. So they they have that they they need Okay, we're back to Duke Williams, and they need help on the offensive line. But they signed that Natty Rogers guy, who was a good tackle. And I hate to say it with Ottawa, because there's not much good to say about Ottawa, but he might be a good guy who can step in there. If, if Taron Vaughn can come back, that's yeah. a really big re-signing. If yeah. if, if he's if, if Taron Vaughn can play like the 2019 yeah. version, you know, I mean he's re-signed, but can he? Uh, is is he? He's gonna he will have gone basically three years without playing football by the time he's back. And he's over. He's had a pretty serious uh, injury that kept him out for the year. If Taron Vaughn can play like the 2019 version, Taron Vaughn, oh, then four fifths of, of their offensive line is taken care of, and you just got to worry about right tackle, and that's part of the can't least. Find a right tackle, yeah. Like there's, but there's, you know, there's out there. There's uh, Mark Corte, a couple of guys for the for the Red Blacks. Mark Corte is pretty good. 
He can play tackle and he can play center, which gives you a little backup. And he's only 25, I think. So he's got some years left. So, and they also, don't forget, there's still a guy lurking in the background and Brendan Labatt. He's still signed to this season. I would be very surprised. I would be shocked. He turns 36 uh, later this year. He hasn't played football since 2019. Um, Probably I think think that is is just come and gone. Yeah, but you he's know, next well, stop Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, but you never yeah. say never. If they ever induct a Canadian player again in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to get into that? No, we don't want to get into that. Let's let that slide a little bit. <laughs> but he can, and how effective he's going to be. And they still have Evan Johnson. Logan Furland is, you know, is playing as well as any guard can play in the league right now. And Dan Clark's a little bit older and had his had a couple of little, you know, he still seems to be relatively healthy and playing and on and on. And he's got so much respect among the organization that good for Dan Clark. So right tackle is big, but you got to be able to find a right tackle. That's, That's not, horrible. Yeah. And Brett Boyko is out there as a free, he, he's probably going to get test free agency. But as one of the things I'm learning through free agency in the CFL is you never say never because you never know what's ever going to happen. <laughs> well, I mean, Chris Jones is back in Edmonton. I mean, That's, you know. <laughs> That's the I CFL. Know. What about John Ryan? Well, there's no, I don't think there's anybody better than him out there as a free agent. But they have uh, Corey Vedic, who did well in the regular season. What did he do in the playoffs, Rob? You love that throwing that 29.5 yard average on four punts in the, in the West final. Yeah. Uh, now, we're seeing this, this in, in a way, it's a very cagey thing to do. If you've got to address one of these global players, you might as well put them in a position where they can do something as opposed to being a mannequin mm-hmm. and Kari Vedvik during the year during the regular season actually performed pretty well yeah but then come the playoffs and and the hang time is like um a split second uh and the punts are going nowhere um Grey Cups in Regina John Ryan can still kick um what a story I think, I think you bring you I think you bring back John Ryan yeah I think but don't, does he want to come back and don't I'm not saying he doesn't, but does he, he's got a pretty good life going down in the States now. He's sorry he's following her around on the comedy circuit. If he I wants to if, play, I think you bring him back. You know, it's up to him you know? if he wants to play. I mean, John Ryan, I mean, he's shown he still has the leg. There's no reason to think that he, he doesn't. Uh, I would hope that they would bring John Ryan back. Um, I would hope that they'd end this whole global charade <laughs> immediately. I'm hoping for too much. Well, that's, Yeah. Well, more teams are using him. Cody Grace was a pretty good punter in Calgary. That yeah. was a good find. He'll be in the NFL. I think he'll be in the NFL. He had hang time. I wonder what happened with uh, Vedvik. Was maybe the temperature dropped a lot, and he just couldn't handle the cold temperatures well, in Winnipeg? That's why you want somebody who was born in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada, punting for you. Yeah. <laughs> the most important yeah. games of the year, and somebody's never punted in this before. And surprise, surprise, uh, you'd be much be be much better off. Uh, plucking any punter out of Canadian college football than what you had in the playoffs. <laughs> and John would so love doing the Regina stories. <laughs> he got, he's, he's like, he gets a little tired of being, of that angle being dragged down, but he's very cooperative. I'm not saying he's not, but you can see that he goes, his eyes roll a little bit when we ask him about that. But hey, he's a Regina guy, and it would be just an incredible way to cap his career by playing in a Grey Cup game or being in the run-up to, the, to a Grey Cup like that. I mean, they should be in that thing. Uh, what do you we, think Duke Williams is going to go? I mean, there's a lot of talk about Edmonton. I mean, he's 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 excelled there before. Uh, there's Chris Jones, although Duke Williams isn't 114 years old like some of the other receivers exactly. they've signed in the past week. So that may disqual. It's use may disqualify him, but I'm going back here. Yeah, I think he's going to come back here. I think he's going to test the market. He's going to see what's out there, and then he's going to look around and say, you know, some of the grass is pretty green and green and white. I'm going to come back to the Rough Riders for the amount of money and see what I can do for another season with, with Shaq Evans and Kyle Moore. Now that's just based on my own large gut feeling of that. Will he go to Edmonton? Possibly. Will the other teams be interested? But I, I think he showed. If, if Winnipeg of, loses Kenny Lawler, the thing do goes, they, the, you would think they would make him. Is Kenny Lawler? You think either Lawler's more of a different style of receiver than. Well, you're looking, you're looking at a one, a receiver. Yeah. And so, uh, if you, if, if they lose Kenny Lawler, where do you go to find somebody whose pr- production can even approximate with that which Kenny Lawler gives you? You go get Duke Williams. Who else is going to do that on the market? Yeah. So, yeah, and, that's true. Uh, but maybe the riders are going to open up the bank and say, wouldn't that make a splash on the first day of free agency as you're signed Duke Williams back? 
or get or take Kenny Lawler away from Winnipeg. <laughs> Kenny Wouldn't Lawler. that be funny? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, something's got to give in Winnipeg they need because a game suddenly they're paying more money for some of the players that took a few haircuts last year, and maybe that bumps Kelly Kenny Lawler out of the equation. Maybe that bumps Andrew Harris out of the equation. Um, I was so. trying to find a game-breaking receiver among the free agents. I don't really see one that makes my eyes just bug out. There's some no, really see, good ones. I see Duke Williams. Duke Williams and Lawler. Kenny Lawler. And then yeah. I, I had another name written down here. Well, I was thinking about this. This is just that I'll probably pronounce this name wrong. Javon Cote. Cote, the, the Canadian slot back for the BC Lions. Big body guy like Braden Linnaeus, a Canadian. Showed some potential last year. He could come in and maybe be a possible replacement for Braden Lenius. And that's a void we haven't really talked about much, but that's a really unique type of body type that he possessed. And where is there that type of hybrid player? Cody, that's it. And I said, I looked through the names. I go, I kind of like his numbers. I had his stats written down, but I can't read them. But he's another, you know, an option there because they have good kids. Like Mitch Pickton's back. Justin McGinnis is back. Keon Schaefer Baker's back. Uh, Jake Hardy. <laughs> Jake Hardy's back. Jake Hardy's back. He's a great special teams player. You got to get him. You got to got You got to have him. Got to have someone to make tackles. And Keanu LaFrance is another guy at the back. So maybe that's an option that they look at a Canadian receiver like that who can come in and maybe adapt and work on the same chemistry with uh, with Cody Fajardo. So that's and if you one. don't, then you've got to tweak your ratio from the, the way it existed last year. So that's another factor too. Is that what do you think of the? You know, we're going to go for a little bit from players. Jason Mazzieps gets two years. Jason Shivers gets two years. Uh, Paul Jones gets two years. Uh, keeps them kind of in lockstep with um, uh, O'Day and Dickinson. Sorry, <laughs> that's yeah. a, But what do you think of them upping the staff like that? What do you do? You think that Maz earned another year? Earned a two-year deal? Well. Um, the early returns were not that encouraging, but when you consider the degree to which the offense was impeded by injuries, most severely on the offensive line, I'm not sure that that you can fairly evaluate Jason Moss on the on the basis of last year. That's, um, that's the that's the key. Without an offensive line, I think that really impeded the the options available to to Cody Fajardo and Jason Moss. I think it's it's almost the same evaluation. How do you appraise Cody Fajardo when the offensive line was what it was. That's a poorly constructed sentence. How do you, how do you appraise, uh, how do you (laughs) appraise um, Jason Moss on the same basis? I I think one of the things that they, they can both benefit from is more speed. And that's why I think maybe they have to move on from William Powell. I think that offense really needs some speed, Uh, especially if you're looking at Kyron Moore coming off the kind of injury that, that he might not, he might not begin the season. Where is somebody who can go from point A to point B really quickly? And I'm not sure they have that player. They certainly don't have that player on the offensive backfield unless they can find some ways to use Jamal Morrow on, on offense. Uh, you know. But he's so valuable on returns, and Craig Dickinson is reluctant to have guys play both. He well, likes maybe, it. Maybe, maybe he can position. be as valuable on offense. I think they need some spark as a as far as as far as the running game goes i think they need somebody who give him a sliver and he might take it a long way and i don't think they have that i don't think teams i don't think teams go into the into the into a game against the Rough thinking we've got to stop william powell yep. i think they need a running back that's going to make teams say okay we've got to account for him and if then it opens up myriad opportunities as far as play action it makes the running game more of a factor i, I think uh I think the fact that William Powell hasn't resigned is is pretty telling as far as his future with with I think the football. He waited late in the process before too. He's been done through this. But I mean, I, I I could be wrong. I mean, I I I was wondering about William Powell a year ago going to his age 33 season and his pro- production was okay. It was in, but I mean, you look at the average per carry; it's in the low fours. Is that a William Powell issue or is that an offensive line issue? Probably a combination of both. Yeah, that's probably both. But that, I like, that, they need they need some major speed on offense. They don't really have it. Um, they Kyron Moore has a lot of speed. They really didn't take advantage of that last year. Um, they couldn't take advantage of the speed that is possessed by Shaq Evans. But I don't I don't think he's a pure burner. Uh, mm-hmm. He wins a lot of 50-50 competitions for balls. He's able to get open deep based upon 2019. But I don't think he's the uh, this absolutely electric four point. 340 yard, 4.340 yard dash guy. 
they need somebody who can give them the, the kind of injection of fuel. That, but which uh, one are we going to get too? And I'm not saying that he's lost his step or anything, but do we get the Shaq Evans that finished off the season? You know, in that last, in the playoffs where he looked, we basically wasn't even, was basically a decoy, not even a decoy, because it didn't look like they tried to cover him. Or do we get the Shaq Evans from 19? I mean, Shaq Evans went, ended the regular season, went into the playoffs with more yardage receiving-wise than he finished the playoffs with. Because he had one catch for minus four yards in two playoff games. Um, I think I would bet on Shaq Evans there. Now, he's 31 years old this year. Um, but um, I, I would look at last year and just say, write it off. I, mean, I don't think it's fair to judge Shaq Evans on the basis of, 20, of 2021. He was injured in week two, and he played through an injury that uh, is just bound to hamper someone. Don't forget the game in Calgary, when they won the game in Calgary, uh, Shaq Evans made a huge catch late to allow, enable the riders to go to the victory formation and just mm-hmm. run out the clock. Um, he was also wide open for a touchdown in that game and was, was overthrown. Um, he looked fine early in the season before he got hurt. So, um, I mean, they really, you got to think that that, I don't think you, can ex- you could have expected Shaq Evans to just come in and do Shaq Evans things after suffering a broken leg. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's that's quite the big ask. Give him a full full off season, and uh, I, I think you're going to see. I don't know if we'll ever get to see 1,334 yards again because I'm not even sure the CFL is that is explosive enough to allow for that. Yeah. But uh, I think we can see we can expect a thousand yards from Shaq Evans this year. That also brings a member weight when it seemed to be a broken leg every other game. Yeah, that was yeah, it was amazing. That it was, was just, amazing. Uh, you know, DJ Flick and Andy Fantu is just on and on and on and on. And, and then, oh my goodness. Yeah, and uh, 2009, they had you know they they had the broken, the broken. Uh, I can't remember if it was a fibula or a tibia, but Weston Dressler gets hurt. Yeah. I think in week four in the Friday's 14th game. Do you think Weston Dressler would have tipped the balance in a Great Cup game that was decided by one point? <laughs> yeah, I remember so, Rob Bag uh, wasn't around for the end of that game either. Yeah, he, the, the Riders' last ball. offensive play of that game, and he broke a collarbone. So, yeah. so there's um, hey, but, you know, look at me, I can remember stuff. Woohoo! Yay! My brain is t- totally undysfunctional. Um, but just let's touch a little bit on the NFL. I know it's not Riders, but we can want to touch a little bit on that. Just Tom Brady retires. Tom Brady, yeah. Well, I'll see that. Believe it when it comes. But I think it was. Well, he t- he tweeted today that he's retired. I was watching on the NFL Network say some guy had gone through the whole thing that he retired. He never once says retired. So, well, what he posted today was pretty. He said pretty, he can't make the commitment for blah, know, blah, blah, blah. There's lots of people that hate him. I admire for what he did. He I, he should be just, you know, from basically a sixth-round draft pick to arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play in the NFL. Pretty good for him. It's amazing when you look at it, though. You know, if, if Drew Bloodsoe doesn't get hurt, yeah, no, yeah, we're old enough. What happens? Now, look at the Rough Riders history. And if if Marcus Crandall doesn't get hurt in week two against BC, and then Stephen Giles doesn't come in and not play well, does Darian Durant ever get his chance? Yeah. It's uh, By no means am I equating Darian Durant and Tom Brady, but you're talking about a quarterback who is a pretty big deal around here for a long time, but it took uh, a few, few factors for Tom Brady to... Uh, become Tom Brady. At one point, he was behind Michael Bishop on the New England Patriots depth chart. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but things happen and you take advantage of them. And, uh, and uh, yeah. but if you don't get that break, you know, who's, is anybody talking about Tom Brady? Exactly. But, you, you know, know you and I, who's Cody Fajardo if, if Zach Caleros doesn't exactly. get hurt in week one? They always talk about breaks. You know, like the last couple of weekends, the NFL has served up some pretty entertaining football. Oh, my goodness just been absolutely riveting i know some days i try to work and have football in the background i between canada's soccer game curling and two nfl games it was a full sunday (laughs) of sports and just i just watched the nfl they just who would have picked the kansas chiefs chiefs go to overtime again just beyond belief the entertainment value and the quarterback value and the athleticism and i'm gonna the athleticism of tight ends in the nfl just continues to blow me away those great big dudes, you know, are 6'4", 240, 250, and they move like receivers, like running backs. They're just amazing to watch. I love watching tight ends in the in the NFL and good quarterbacking. But Super Bowl, who you, who you got? 
Well, unfortunately, if you see all this Steelers stuff in my background, is like I can't cheer for the Bengals because I'm too busy hating them. How could but, anybody hate the Cincinnati Bengals? You hate Bambi too? Yeah, <laughs> that's because of Marion said. You hate that. puppies and ice cream and oxygen? Because it's true. I don't hate them as much as I hate the Browns. I don't hate them as much as I hate the Ravens. But I do have an intrinsic dis- dislike for them. So if because of that, I'm going to lean towards the Rams. I love what the Rams do. I love, I'm kind of cheering for Matt Stafford. Any guy that's suffered through life in Detroit as long as he has deserves an opportunity to to step up and he he does have his foibles he throws the ball throws inopportune interceptions but let's cheer for matt stafford and i like aaron donald too i think he's a great defensive tackle but yeah i haven't really fit i mean the matt stafford story to him and coming out of detroit and i mean his wife kelly had a had a brain tumor i think three yeah. years ago and uh yeah. uh there's it's uh the detroit and they were they were just both so so there wasn't a lot to celebrate about the Detroit Lions for a long time, but Matt Stafford and his wife sure put a lot into that community. Um, you know, it's, it, Joe Burrow, one-time Rough Rider neck yeah. listener. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know who I think is going to win, and I don't know who I want to win. I, I like the fact that there's some freshness to the Super Bowl. It's yeah. not Tom Brady and it's not Bill Belichick anymore. Uh, it's not Denver, so I'm not happy. But either way, you're getting a team that's there. I always cheer for the team that. I guess I'm talking myself into this. I always cheer for the team that's never won before because I was a fan of the 0-4 Denver Broncos once upon a time. So I have a soft spot for the for the Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills and, and as, as a result, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. So it'd be, it'd be cool to see the Bengals win one. Yeah. But if you look at Matthew Stafford, I think there's a, it's an example of of uh, someone who never thought he would, you never thought would win a, a Super Bowl as long as he's in that uh, in that situation. I look at I look at the Super Bowl though and, I mean, L.A. is built for this year. They've got yeah. Jalen Ramsey. They've got Aaron Donald. They went out and got Vaughn Miller. They've got uh, you know, the the quarterback that they they wanted to get. Um, Cooper Cup is amazing. Oh, just uh, amazing. Um, it's it's a shame that Robert Woods isn't playing because then I could call out the Robert Woods Senior once tried out for the Rough Riders in 1981 column, but. Okay. Um, um, I had a chance to see Cooper Cup play in 2015. I went down to the University of Montana and watched the Grizzlies play Eastern Washington. And a senior on Eastern Washington at the time was Cooper Cup. I went down there thinking I was going to be watching the Grizzlies. And all I could do was watch Cooper Cup lacerate wow. the, the Montana secondary. And I thought, at that time, I thought, okay, he's not playing for a major college. I thought, boy, wouldn't, wouldn't, it be, wouldn't Cooper Cup be a nice CFL player? Um, <laughs> well, look, look at him now. Just the amazing. most amazing pass patterns oh, I'll ever just, see. And his touchdown made it look easy, but it wasn't easy by any stretch. Two touchdowns on the weekend, that's it. So, I, so I, I'm hoping, but I think I'm hoping for Cincinnati will win, but I think the Rams will. I haven't asked my dog yet, but she was 0-2 last weekend, so her opinions don't really count anymore. We all have bucket lists of things we want to do, and I want to go to Heinz Field to see a Steelers game. I've never seen one, but boy, do I want to go to SoFi Stadium. What does that look like a palace? Does that look, and I thought AT&T Stadium and Dallas Stadium was amazing, and the Raiders Stadium is looks just like an incredible place to be in Las Vegas, but that's SoFi Stadium. And I read a really cool story, and I know it's not related, about how they had to switch over from being the NFC Championship game to the Super Bowl game with no time. Like, they started Monday morning. They took the ball, basically, the confetti flew, and then they started switching it over because of all the sponsorship and stuff, and it was pretty cool thing and it looks like it's going to be really pricey tickets that but it's still going to be uh well i think i'll be watching the tankard on the uh 13th though if i'm not wrong but <laughs> been many well, a dynamic time. not dynamic life of murray mccormick i can't be can't count how many times i watched the super bowl in some uh hotel room in saskatchewan after covering the women's curling championships because they used to have it around this time i watched one in mexico once upon a time they kept calling them the Patriotes. <laughs> there was no way to telecast. Last so. time we were in Mexico, which was a long time ago, we watched the Briar final while we were there in a bar, and all these Americans were asking me about, what the heck are you watching? Is I once watched it. I was in Mexico one time when the World Junior final was on. There was a bunch of people in the little bar gathered around one guy who had a laptop watching the TSN live feed in Mexico. And it's like, and a lot of these people are wondering, what on earth is with <laughs> these people? But there was like a... He, this guy should have charged everybody five bucks to to watch his uh, oh, watch yeah. his little screen. It would have made a made a killing. But well, I remember watching a briar in an airport coming back from Mexico, and people around back. Marion had it on her phone. 
watching the final and that and people all around watching us. So anyway, yeah. Rob, I think we've talked enough. I, I think we've that's... I think we've squeezed that tube. If people yeah. are still with us, we thank them. And uh, I will uh, now read our little thingy. That's the technical term for it. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review and a five-star rating. It helps us grow the podcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to send us a question, you can email me, rvanstone at postmedia.com, and we'll read it on the show. Uh, you can follow me at, at, at Rob Vanstone on Twitter, and Murray is on Twitter, at Murray LP. So that is the... Uh, a uh, little thing I'm obligated to read. Go so well, we're going to do this again next week, obviously. I'm not sure when yet. Depends when the uh, free agent uh, commotion subsides uh, to the extent that we can take a breather and do this. But we're definitely going to do a podcast next week, whether it, it drops on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It will be done at some point during the week. So, And I have to admit, I've become a big soccer fan. Man, I love watching King Canada play. That was a great game on Sunday. Great goals, great goaltending. And we beat the Americans. Yes. Go Canada. That's soccer. That's like, that's a, a game. Rob. That's the other football. The yeah. other football. Right. <laughs> Anyways, for Murray McCormick, uh, the football footy, in, ad- in addition to being a football footy, <laughs> with the, given his sudden affinity for soccer, uh, I'm Rob Vanstone with Candy. And we will do this next week when we'll, uh, oh, that'll be an interesting week next week. I'm It'll looking be. forward to it. Thanks right. for joining us. And uh, we will be back. Uh, in a week's time or thereabouts. Take care and have a great day. Stay warm.